Welcome to the American University of Beirut. I'm Rami Khouri, journalist in residence at AUB, and this is Professors at Work, a weekly program where we discuss research that is being done by professors and scholars at the American University of Beirut, why they do this work, what they've learned, and what it means for the world. We're very pleased to have as our guest today Professor Rabia Shibli, who is the director of the Center for Civic Engagement and Community Service at AUB, and he also teaches in the Public Policy and International Affairs Graduate Program at the Hassan Ferris Institute and the Politics Program at, uh, at AUB. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Ami. Uh, Dr. Shibli, you've worked in, in many uh, different areas uh, in your career as a professor and as director of the center. Um, and the, the common theme seems to be to get students and faculty more engaged in working in local communities for a developmental outcome of some sort. Explain to us what is the main focus of the many different things that you do and how do you see the primary objective of the civic engagement work you're doing with AUB students? The main objective of uh, what we're doing at the center uh, is mainly and uh, simply connecting the on-campus with the off-campus, trying to impact the mostly underserved communities, underserved areas uh, in Lebanon in order to uh, try to make change in these communities. While doing that, it is really a transformational journey for the students and the faculty, and that's why we call it a transformative education. The journey with the Center for, for mm -hmm. AB students, it's a transformative educational journey. And what kind of, when you say change, are you talking about all different dimensions of life, or do you have a particular priority list you're dealing with? Basically, we focus on issues and themes that are uh, of pressing concerns to the community that you are working with. And the spectrum of crises that exist in Lebanon and the region, and specifically in Lebanon, make it a very rich uh, experience for students to work, try to understand these complex dimensions so they can focus on issues related to uh, gender-based violence, refugees issues, projects related to mental health, to waste management. So we do not impose anything, but uh, we advise that when students and professors would work with the center or through the center, they need to focus on, again, pressing issues and concerns that are facing the community. As defined by the community? As defined by, it's not just by one uh, sector, as defined by the faculty, the students, us, and the community. So we, uh, we emphasize on the reciprocity and mutuality in the process. So there is something in it for the communities that we're working with, and there is something in it for AUB as faculty and students. Okay. So there is a lot of uh, participatory uh, design in the process, in the methods, and in the intervention itself. Give us some examples of specific projects you've been working on. I know there's many, but pick a few. Uh, I will start with uh, one of the very earliest projects that the center has been uh, leading on, and I've done some research on it, which later led to kind of better conceptualization of uh, the center's approach. So we had a project in uh, Sabra, Sabra the, uh, the Sioux. So Sabra is a Palestinian refugee and now it's low income. Yeah, yeah it is, exactly. But our intervention was in uh, Sabra market. So basically it's, it's a street uh, in the midst of 
the refugee camp from one side, from the other camp. It has displaced people from Lebanon, from, from the region. And again, it's, uh, it's very chaotic and a very complicated mm. area to work in. And the students went there. We had students from three or four departments working. Uh, and we did an intervention to upgrade the market. Funding was through an international agency and they asked us to go there, try to, uh, to work with them and the community in order to set up a program or a vision that can have some sort of an impact. So by the end of the intervention, we started our um, kind of analysis uh, throughout the whole process. And uh, we came up with kind of uh, three simple milestones for the students. I call them the three R's, reflection, uh, reciprocity, and responsibility. So if a university or a center like us or a professor teaching a course, they want to do sustainable, high impact intervention, they really need to focus on these uh, three R's. So if our work will go beyond the research and publication itself and make an impact in these complex realities, we need when it comes to, for example, in the reflection, uh, when you go back with your students to the classroom and start, you know, opening up uh, your blueprints or uh, discussing your findings, the communities need to be part of it. Mm -hmm. The second one, when it comes to the reciprocity, as we mentioned earlier, we need to really evaluate what is in it for every stakeholder in the process. And the responsibility, which is regarding uh, our mission as a faculty member, as a student, or as an institution at large. What is the responsibility for us? How does it reflect our uh, strategic mission to impact, not to serve, to impact the underserved areas in Lebanon and the Middle East and beyond? So from this experience, we started really putting a rigorous structure for the engagement of, again, of how can we link the on-campus with the off-campus. So there's a, tr there's a big question that has permeated developmental studies and activities for decades, which is the question of, do the local communities get fed up with people like us coming from elite <coughs> universities who come in there and we spend six months or a year, we do stuff and then we leave. And have we left really lasting changes and, and real developmental impacts? Uh, where do you fall on that question? Excellent question. They're definitely fed up. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly they are. And it's uh, even more than that. For example, again, as, as I mentioned earlier, we work in the mostly underserved areas. So people there are very suspicious for many reasons. So there's been a lack of, um, uh, of developmental change from the government. They feel that they, again, they are left out. And any newcomer is looked at with the lens of suspicion. Mm. So you're either part of the state, yes. uh, you're coming in to take information, because most of them are, they, um, they think that their operations is highly informal. Mm -hmm. Or you are part of a different group and you are entering this zone the secured uh, zone in order to kind of create some kind of, of a mess. Mm -hmm. 
So again, the first thing is suspicion. And imagine when you're getting there, holding your papers and the pen and taking notes, yeah, exactly. and having a camera and getting all your gadgets. Okay, so that's number one. The second one, even if you, even if you are vetted, because you will be vetted. Yes. And there are various channels for them, how would they vet you? Yes. Uh, they wouldn't take you seriously yeah. because they've seen many researchers who've been coming in and going out. And unfortunately, a lot of the findings, if they hear about it or they read about it, they will uh, see it in newspapers, uh, especially in Arabic, if it's written in Arabic, and it will be defaming them. Wow. And, the, uh, and they do not read uh, research which is in a foreign language. Mm -hmm. So for them, it's basically meaningless. And they've uh, had so much experience with those researchers who come in, collect data they need by the end of the study, and no real change happens in their life. So back to your question, they are definitely fed up. And how do you overcome this? We are very transparent. And now, it's like one time, I'll, I'll give you this example. We were conceptualizing a project in An Al-Hilwi, the Palestinian refugee camp. So and I invited a few professors here to basically reflect on the process. One of, uh, of the professors whom I highly admire, Robert Saliba, he's a professor in urban design, uh, he wanted to leave before the end of, uh, almost at the end of the presentation, and kind of he wasn't like very happy. Or, uh, so I asked him, why are you leaving? So he said, like, this is just a research project. Show me what you've done so that I'll take you seriously. Wow. Okay, so I immediately shifted <laughs> to a previous project that we've implemented. Then he took us seriously, started listening, and gave us his extremely valuable uh, feedback. And what was it that was about your previous project that was convincing to him? That we implemented the project, <laughs> simply. So it wasn't just about uh, nice rendering and visuals and uh, like convincing research. It was about how do you implement such a project? Because we are talking about uh, again, uh, underserved areas, people's lives that need that will be impacted. So it's kind of uh, he gave me he, he gave me a, like a real life, uh, a, a very convincing uh, lesson that I usually start with when we when we talk to those communities. Another another example, uh, we had a project in informal settlements, so we had to meet the um, director general of the urban planning uh, department. And once we were there in the meeting, he said, no, no you're like, uh, you're university, you're faculty members, you do nice work. And he was like kind of uh, not taking us seriously because yeah. he expected the outcome to be just a research project. He didn't expect that our work will be implemented. Wow. So when we start with the communities, we show them the track record so that they take us seriously. And they know that they will be an integral part of the process because it is fully participatory from the very early stages of uh, the design to the implementation, to the running and sustainability of the intervention. And the fact that we're a university at AUB and every year there's new cohorts of students, does this give you an opportunity to develop a mechanism where you start a project in a community and you can have students every year keep in being involved. So projects go on for exactly. many, many years. Exactly, that's exactly it. We have like uh, three kind of tracks or three venues for uh, 
the developmental planning projects. Uh, one that is faculty-led. So a faculty member could um, ask the assistance of the center in order to connect them to community partner and the three of us would sit together in order to ensure that the course will have social impact, mm -hmm. will have mutuality, and will have a dedicated number of hours of field work. Right. So these are faculty-led interventions. Yeah. The second, we have student-led projects. And on student-led projects, especially with the scholarship students, they receive seed fundings. Mm -hmm and we work with them over like three or four semesters. They identify the theme, come up with the problematic and design a strategic intervention and they go out there and implement those projects. Right. The third aspect is the center-led projects. And the center-led projects, these are multi-year, high impact, big funding interventions. We have now a project that's been running for the past decade, really decade, 10 wow. years. And in the center-led projects, usually this is where we have students joining in and out every year. So that 10-year project, what's that one about? It is uh, on education for Syrian refugees. And you've worked with young students' mental health, you've worked with training students to get into college, you've, you've done housing, you've developed the Gata, this uh, yeah. uh, portable uh, easily created movable uh, low-income but sturdy house which is or, or structure which is now used for schools and clinics all over the place so you work in many different uh, areas do you worry about scattering your focus too wide and and therefore minimizing the impact or do you find that you have to work in different fields to be able to actually um, improve people's lives Definitely we're not scattered. It, it depends on the, it, on the nature of the intervention itself. For example, you mentioned Gata. As of uh, May 2011, we witnessed an unprecedented refugee crisis. So in a matter of few months, we had close to uh, tens of thousands, then hundreds of thousands. And I think early 2013, we had a million mm. Syrian refugee in Lebanon. So in a matter of a year or so, we had quarter of the Lebanese uh, community that of refugees. Wow. So the first time we went to a collective shelter, they call it, uh, we've seen refugees living in, in places that are not fit for any kind of, of presence for, for any dignified human being. Mm -hmm. There was no ventilation. Um, the sun does not get into any of the rooms. Horrible, horrible conditions. So when you go there and you need to respond, our first quick impact intervention was working with the students. Students uh, started the clothes donation drive campaign and they started sending clothes as donations to the center. Mm -hmm. They started uh, collecting, uh, going there, uh, uh, getting the sizes of the refugees in every room, in every camp. Then they went down back to the field. So we were at the forefront of, of this crisis. We didn't think of uh, research uh, at that very mm -hmm. early stages because, you know, you're, res you're, you're responding to, to a crisis from a very humanitarian level. But then with the years, we found out that the kids of the family that we're working with were out of the schools. Mm -hmm. They weren't getting any form of education. Wow. We're looking into different uh, methods or models of uh, 
trying to bring uh, any form of education, informal education to them. This is when the students during a summer camp with the center, we designed uh, a classroom unit, um, portable one, because we were all also very sensitive to the uh, Lebanese political landscape. Okay, so we had to design uh, a portable unit, efficient, functional, but at the same time uh, can uh, it's um, it's solid, and when it comes to the safety factor, it it can ensure those safety uh, safety factor issues. Mm -hmm. So we implemented the first Gata in one of the first uh, informal tented settlements by the students. And they raised, uh, they did a bake sale, they raised close to $1,000 just to get the material and they put it themselves. Wow. It was a big success. The second model, we put it on AUB campus for further testing and few professors started using it as a classroom. Soon enough, uh, we were contacted by some um, activists. So we started opening classrooms, two or three classrooms in Bika and one in, the, in North Lebanon. And it became like a snowball effect we were, uh, others reached out to us and we started the first Gata school in May 2014. So Gata school is essentially three, four rooms put together. Exactly. It's like uh, the first one was a three double unit because the one unit is 20 square meters, a double unit is 40 square meters, can fit between 35 and 40. And we implemented it in one of the informal settlements in Bikaa the whole school uh, was implemented in one week. So we had one school uh, running in a week. Wow. And in that school, we had three shifts due to the need. And we had close to 500 students in that school. And eventually, like for time being, uh, there are more than 14 schools in Lebanon. Wow. So again, we started based on the need, but then when you focus and, uh, on the needs of the refugees, and this is the latest research that, research that I've been working on, uh, you have to look at the resilience. Mm -hmm. So how can you ensure and build and sustain this notion of resilience? Mm -hmm. From our experience, it's on education, livelihood, and mental health. If you really want to go to do uh, an impact on the lives of those refugees in a protracted crisis, this will be the holistic approach, at least where we stand at after working for a decade with refugees in Lebanon. Okay. Is this maybe the, your greatest finding and contribution to society or all societies and that uh, you have a better understanding of how refugee communities can be strengthened and to increase their resilience to cope with their very difficult situations? Hopefully one day they would be able to go back home. Certainly, I think there's been a lot of uh, lessons learned. AUB had a uh, remarkable con contribution because we, we really started at the very early phases of the crisis. And as I mentioned, now we have a very strong track record working with the refugees. Uh, our project have been extended to Jordan, to Iraq, and now to, uh, to Africa. So uh, we have, we, we kind of became like, um, a reference to international agencies, to universities, due to this experience. It's a, I think uh, it's a very valid experience and uh, uh, not because, just because of the research that is being developed uh, by AUB. It's because of the way 
the refugees' lives have changed. Mm -hmm. And they always talk about it. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming like a word of mouth. That's why we have really become a reference. Um, we're almost, we're almost out of time. Let me ask you one last question, which is kind of two questions in one. Is this experience that you've developed with students going out of the campus into the different communities and working and learning and contributing and, and expanding their education and helping the communities, is this something that is going to become more common across AUB uh, other than just your center? And if so, is this a, a sign about, and the pandemic has shown us that the AUB expertise in many areas really has to be harnessed to help the whole country, to contribute to the whole country's responding. So do you see, see these yeah. two things coming together? Yeah, especially with, uh, President Khoury has been very keen on this. And for the past two or three years, uh, we've been trying uh, to look into methods and uh, to methods and processes for institutionalizing civic engagement across all faculties or departments. And we came up with uh, different uh, modalities. I presented my findings uh, a few months ago, and hopefully, and again, as you know, this, this is not an easy task. So it's there. Our experience have been uh, drafted. We have now like a concept note about how can you really institutionalize, again, uh, the methods of uh, civic engagement, but this needs also to be aligned with human resources in those faculties who know how to harness these concepts and extend them into the different departments on those faculties. For time being, we have different centers. It's not just the center of civic engagement, but ultimately, uh, civic engagement needs to be within the curriculum, within the courses, internships, online, uh, it could be online also uh, uh, courses. So there are, again, different modalities. It's, it's there. We've written the concept note about it, and I think uh, very soon it will be realized. Thank you, Professor Rabia Shibli, for being our guest today. You're director of the Center for Civic Engagement and Community Service, and also a professor in the Public Policy and International Affairs Graduate Program. Sounds like your work is going to contribute not just to society, but to the evolution of AUB and student experiences as well. Thank you so much, Ramiya, hopefully. And just like um, uh, on a last note, our main goal and really our main aim, if we are looking to make some change uh, in Lebanon, the Middle East and beyond, uh, I think the experience of the Center of uh, Civic Engagement and Community Service, and I hope we can change the name into Center of Civic Engagement and Developmental Planning, mm -hmm. Uh, I think it would be key to extend our knowledge to other like-minded universities in the region mm. because I fully believe that this is the only way we can really go for uh, strategic and significant change, uh, trying to engage uh, students, a uh, new breed of graduates across uh, the region uh, within this transformative education journey because once they gain this experience in those four years or during their master's studies in the universities, this is a life-changing experience that will impact their work after they find places leading jobs uh, in the region. Mm, wow. 
Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Rami. Keep, keep our eye on what you're doing and have you back again down the road. Thank you. That's it for today's program. Professors at work, where AUB professors and scholars tell us about the research they're doing, what they're finding, and how it makes the world a better place. Bye for now. <laughs>